If you've ever done Exodus 90 before, you know how Easter can easily go from feasting to binging in no time. Even if you've had a really great Lent, regardless of if you did Exodus 90 or not, there's a temptation to slide back into these old ways, these old habits, and even maybe worse, uh, becoming less disciplined than when you were when you started Lent. This year, the team of Exodus 90 has built out a 50-day journey through through the Easter season. Yes, Easter is 50 days long, not just one Sunday in April. And during these 50 days, it's an invitation into understanding true Christian feasting. The fact of the matter is, we need structure, even in feasting. So they've put together a plan of life to help keep some guardrails from temptations of going too far and binging for over the next couple months. You can join them now by going to startmyexodus.com and jump into today's readings and reflections on the Acts of the Apostles. Go to startmyexodus.com. Father Dave, thanks so much for hanging out with us at the Oklahoma Men's Conference. I hear you actually had a tough time getting here. Yeah. I heard it like you started like early, early this morning getting in. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday I left, uh, well, I was supposed to leave Pittsburgh at around maybe 10 in the morning and get in yesterday around 3. I ended up getting in around 1.45 in the morning, so it was great. Just in time oh, okay. to get a couple hours of sleep before the conference. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was, they, they actually they had mercy on me and let me arrive at around 8, but still. But, it, you know, yeah, it's a blessing to be here. It really was. It's, there was never any – you just deal with it, right? It's, it's just life. It is yeah. what it is. You just deal with it. I actually, I got quite a bit of work done in the airport, so it wasn't a horrible thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. seven hours in O'Hare. What, what, what more could you want? <laughs> yeah. It's like a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, Father, you also have been – like obviously, Steubenville has been thriving and um, has continued to grow, and even the conferences are, are continually to grow. Um, you've even – and remote conferences because it's getting so big you've having to spread out even right, more. Right, right, right. What? Why? What, how? What's happening? Yeah. Um, well, ultimately, I think we've got a community that wants to be faithful to Jesus and faithful to the church. You know, people will ask me like, "What's the secret sauce?" There isn't a secret sauce. Right. You know, the secret sauce is faithfulness. Faithfulness to the gospel. Faithfulness to the way of life. Faithfulness to the church. And honestly. This may sound weird, but in some ways it's getting easier. When things are getting more and more confusing in the culture and the world today, mm-hmm. things are getting more dark, the lines are becoming much more clear. Um, just just be faithful. And, and, and people are attracted to that. You know, we'll do conferences, I think, in 20 different sites this summer. We're doing parish missions, literally more than we could possibly do in, in several years. So there's a hunger for the gospel. There's a hunger for truth. There's a hunger for beauty. And I think we've got a, a culture and a group of people at the university that, that desire to be a part of that. It's almost like those three things are transcendental. And they... they wait, wait, wait. You <laughs> may be honest something here. Truth, yeah, it, it's, it's almost like they beauty, speak to every goodness. person, like it's at the deep parts of yeah, them. Yeah. But you know something? This is interesting because we, we've been talking about what is the, what is the door that's going to enter into the transcendentals. And, and I was just recently talking. Somebody was saying the truth is the door that kind of brings you in. And then somebody was saying, no, it's probably beauty. You walk into beauty. But honestly, I'm thinking today in the world today, it might be goodness. Mm. Is, is that we live in a world that just... There's not kindness. There's not compassion. So it, maybe historically you could say one of the transcendentals gets more. But I was just thinking about that. I said, I'm not positive it's truth or beauty anymore. Not that those aren't, but sure. just goodness. Somebody that reaches out to you and says hello and shows you kindness and shows you mercy. I mean, so who's to say? Yeah, it's almost like the, uh, what is it, Peter? Uh, 
First uh, Peter three fifteen, where he said, you know, always be uh, able to defend your faith, but for the hope that's within you. Right, so it's almost right. like presupposing that somebody has seen you and said, like, there's something different right, about right. him. That's absolutely right. And I think that gets to your question earlier, and that, that there's something different about Francisco University. And please, Lord, by the students that are graduating there, that there's something about them. There's a joy, I think, and presence about them that's real. What's the prayer life like? At the university? Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's, it's funny. You're following the, the Asbury revival. I don't know if you followed that at all. That's going uh, on I've, in, I've in, only heard of We're doing Exodus 90, so luckily we're not, hear, we're not hearing a, or like reading a lot about it, but I've heard only. Yeah, it's really pretty yeah. beautiful. I mean, there was a group of students that started praying, and then they just it's been going on for about 12 days now, just this nonstop praying, which is wonderful. But uh, at the university, we've been doing that for years. We have perpetually... <laughs> We have, we have perpetual adoration 24-7 that, that we do all the time. And I, I was just looking into this. I don't know if you've been at Sacré-Cœur in, in uh, Paris. They've had perpetual adoration since August 15th, 18-something. It's like, oh, wow. it's pretty remarkable. So prayer is really, <laughs> prayer's really at the center of it. We have, uh, oh, you're 12 days of prayer. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, oh, that's <laughs> precious. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's precious. It's very precious, yeah. 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 But we have... We have um, Mass four times a day on campus. It's really beautiful. Uh, one of the, the masses that I think is most inspiring, particularly on a college campus, is 6:30 in the morning. So college campus, wow. you get up, and we've got 200 students that are up in the morning have, and going to liturgy no before kidding. class. Yeah. So um, yeah, mass three times a day, uh, adoration 24/7. We've got Blessed Sacrament in every chapel. Um, but that's that's all a part of it. But one of the things I think that's and it's really important. John Paul said that an academic institution should have two wings, faith and reason, and those two things cannot be separated. And I think it's one of the beautiful things is that we live in a world that wants to separate faith and reason as and make them opposed to one another. So while they encounter the Lord, they encounter grace in the chapels and the liturgies. I mean, we've got prob- first what we call first world problems. You know, the line for confessions literally goes out out of the chapel. But it's also in the classroom. I mean, I, I'm a graduate of Francisco University, and I mean, my life, I remember one particular, how much time do we have? As much time. Okay. I mean, yeah, well, we're one, yeah. So, I, I have, we have plenty of time. Yeah, so one particular class the, the professor was talking was ecclesiology on the, the theology of church. And he was sharing that the church is both scandalous and she's holy. And you've got to be able to reconcile that. If you can't reconcile that, you're going to have a crisis in faith. That, and, and I remember sitting in that classroom, and it literally changed my life. I mean, one particular class, probably 40 minutes, just reflecting on that reality that, that she's profoundly holy. And she produces people like Mother Teresa and St. John Paul and Faustina. Um, and she's also scandalous. You know, and she does things, individuals in the church have done things sure. that are profoundly scandalous. But the end of that story is, why are we surprised? Because that's my story, right? It's your story. We have the capacity within each one of us to do really amazing, heroic, virtuous, beautiful things and to not. Right, right. right. And sure. you've got to be able to reconcile that or your faith is going to be a continual crisis. Yeah, so when you're praying for those virtues, when you're praying to, to grow in these virtues, um, would you say that God, like, would you say that God gives you those virtues, it like infuses them, or would you say that he gives you the opportunity to exercise those virtues? Well, I'd say probably both end. I mean, the theological virtues are obviously infused. Right. But, um, and that's where, and I wasn't sure where you're going, but where, in my mind, is it, the beginning point, the animator of this is the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes we, it, it's good to focus on virtues. It's good to be attentive to them, but it's the Spirit of God that actually makes those available to us. It makes those present to us. So the starting point is always 
allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and direct us and guide us. Mm -hmm. And then and then pray. You know, somebody asked me one time, <coughs> excuse me, about and they said, I'm not sure if I'm growing in my spiritual life. And as if there's a dipstick that we can measure. It's like, right. oh, actually, you're not. Man, I wish there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there is. And it's called oh. the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I mean, well. when you pay attention Those to Those are so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the, the thing is, is we, we focus often on the fruit. But we, what we ought to focus on is, is the Holy Spirit. And that is a fruit mm. of that. Right? It's, yeah. the, it's the spirit that animates that. But. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's not always easy. So would you say that it would be, it, be best if somebody asked you, like, how's your prayer life going? Because there's always going to be peaks and valleys, absolutely, right? Absolutely. So would the best thing to be just consistent? Absolutely. Yeah, Adam, you're absolutely right. Is It's just your butts your butts in the chair. Right. You know, I, when I was I was on NET, National Evangelization Team of Ministry, mm -hmm. a number of years ago, and I wrote this prayer to myself and to the Lord. I said, help me remember what it is that brings me to here. If you never give me a moment of consolation or blessing, you are worthy that I come and I sit before you. And I just had a student in my office, and she was talking about the perfect prayer time, which I don't know exactly what that is. Um, but if I'm there, I'm there. You know, right. I, I may be tired. I may fall asleep. I may be frustrated. I may be anxious. I may be worrying about a budget at the university that we got to figure out, right? But the fact that I'm there and I'm present, I think the Lord delights in that. Hmm. Yeah, that faithfulness. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this recently, about how, you know, we shouldn't be trying to feel, um, you know, that's not a good way to judge our prayer life. But there's a contradiction here, though, because so much of how I measure things is how I feel about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... Um, <coughs> If in my uh, mental prayer, you know, I'm trying to make acts of love, with, you know, with my soul towards yeah. the Lord. Well, how do I, it's like, typically love is something I feel, you know. So if I don't feel like I'm, I get it, you know, that there's not this, we that's you know, not how we measure it. But some, yeah, at yeah. some level, we do want to, because we're human, yeah, you know, Dave, we I, should feel things. I so appreciate that. I mean, there are some people who are actually so dismissive of feeling. And I realize that my, my faith cannot be solely built on feeling. Yeah. But the reality is, is anything significant in my life, I'm a human person, right? Right. I have emotion. I have feeling. And any significant, are you both married? I don't yeah. Yes. Okay. My suspicion is that there was some sense of a feeling that you had towards this person that moved in your heart, that right. caused you to act. So there's... There's a way that we can be so extreme that it says absolutely dismiss feeling. Well, I don't think that's fair. And, and I also mm -hmm. I don't think it's incarnational. That the reality of the incarnation is we, we encounter the Lord in the midst of that. Now, we can't base it solely on that. Sure. We can't yeah. base it solely on that because I'm sure you have kids. Yes, you know, that, in fact, you met two of them. Oh, that's right, of course. Yes. Luke and Jude. Jude. Yeah. Yep. There are times that you don't feel like that or you may not have, but you do it because out of love causes you to do it. So that's, love is a, some people say it's not a feeling. Love is a feeling, and it is a decision. Love has feelings, in yeah, a way. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and it has, um, it's it's a decision. It's an intentionality. It's, this is what I'm going to do. Like you said, you make these acts of love. Do our heart? Does our heart always follow through with it? Do we always feel something? No, but if we stop doing those things, the possibility of feeling it is, is going to be Right, totally yeah, and sometimes I'll have moments where I'm like, look, Jesus, I don't really feel like I love you a whole lot right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know that I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so true. And somebody came up to me and they said they, they were actually felt guilty and felt bad. Um, they, they pray the rosary every day. But they said, but I don't love it. And I said, which is more virtuous? Somebody who just loves doing it and they do it, or you who struggle with it, and yet you've made a decision to do it every day. I said, which is more 
again, we use words like more and better and best and all these kinds of, I said, there's something profoundly virtuous about the individual who struggles with it, but still continues to do it because it's, they know that it to be a good. Yeah, it's a, almost like a, a greater act of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So for some reason, it's, it seems like in our podcast and the, the things that we've been talking about lately, prayer has just been coming up Constantly. over. I mean, yeah. uh, so how is, is it possible to grow in virtue, natural or otherwise, without prayer? I mean, do you think that's, it's, is it really possible to achieve anything good, like if, you, if you're not praying? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, all things are possible with the Lord, I guess. Sure. But, but, but I guess possible is a t- yeah, difficult yeah. question yeah. But, to but, answer. But I mean, but. even to look at it, if Jesus himself saw the necessity and the need to pray, I mean, how can I think that I'm absent of that? No. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I don't think, I don't think you can. I don't think you can come to understand a deeper love of God. I don't think you can understand his richness, his beauty. I don't think I can understand my relationship with him unless I'm praying. I mean, especially now, everything is so chaotic to to not step away from the craziness that is our world and pray. I don't, I don't see how it's possible. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see how it's possible. You know what? That is a fa- fascinating thing to think about, the fact that, you know, Jesus is praying. I mean, and I guess the Trinity... Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Trinity prays. Yeah, yeah. What is that? It's, it's. I think it's this constant prayer. I mean, it's yeah. this these acts of relationship. love. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, and again, I think, I think one of the dangers is we compare ourselves to other people. Um, I share a story about my dad. As I don't do that nearly as much as everyone else. As everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. Or as well as they do. <laughs> right, right. I don't do that, but a lot of people I know do. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my dad, you know, was a physician, and I had this encounter as a kid. I walked into a chapel. It was a Catholic hospital, and my dad was there in the front. He had a couple of minutes between patients, and, and that had a huge impact. I mean, my mom and dad, they prayed. My mom, my mom has MS, so... Um, she always had to have these big rosaries because she couldn't feel the beads. So it was these things mm. you'd hold on the walls would actually what she yeah. used as a rosary. I'd like to have a dollar for every time I walked into her room and there lapped across her, her lap was her rosary, you know. So I saw my mom and dad pray, but I didn't just see them pray. They also talked about it. Like we would be having house meetings or house prayer things, which are always wonderful. But mom and dad would say, we've been praying and we think. We've been praying and we're going to. And there was just something about that 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 it was clear to us as kids that mom and dad didn't just make decisions haphazardly, but they prayed, they sought the Lord, and they made decisions. And that was just a part of growing up. You know, we pray about it. This is what we're going to do. So I don't, I, especially, especially, oh, I was going to say, a, a married couple, anybody, I don't see how a married couple can live in virtue and charity and mercy and not pray. I just don't see how it's possible. Let me ask you this. How did the fact that you had that witness, it reminds me a, a little bit of St. John Paul II. You know, he gives tes- mm-hmm. testimony about seeing his father at prayer. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you when you were in your teenage years? You know, like I know for myself in college, uh, you know, I stopped practicing the faith yeah. like, like so many. Yeah. Um, how did that impact you at that time <laughs> of your life? Do you think? No, it was a huge. First off, my dad was my hero. Like I, I just, my mm-hmm. dad was a wonderful, amazing dad. So I looked up to him. I wanted. To, I, I liked the sports that he liked. I liked the teams that he liked. Sure. You know because, but you know when you see my dad pray, I want to be like my father, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I prayed. And I, it, it's funny. Um, I think I think I've prayed every day of my life. Like I remember in high school coming home had too much to drink, but nailed down next to my bed. It was just. 
it was just instilled that this is a part of living. It's a part of what it is. I was going to say to be a Christian, but it was, it was part of what it was to be a Pavanka, right? My family, it was important to us. We prayed. So, again, I'm sure the Lord was up there as I kneeled down having, you know, a few too many beers with my <laughs> high school buddies. It's like, well, you're yeah. getting part of it, yeah. right? You don't, you know. But it's interesting. At the university, we're, this semester, we're doing what's called the School of Prayer. So on Monday nights, we're having uh, different talks on prayer. Mine is actually next Monday. I'm going to give a talk on it because it's, it's something that, you, we just need to focus in on more and be more attentive to it. Yeah. So it's got to be, it's got to be a part of the air we breathe. I don't see, I don't see how it now. Yeah. Is that yeah. for local people? Is it on? You know, or that's is a good it question. I don't know if it's being live streamed or not. Okay. I'll find out. I, okay. Yeah. I, I think Dave knows how to get a hold of you. Sure. I'll find sure. out. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, there's not there's guys out there who don't have a good father figure to as a role model, yeah. right? The, uh, the father wound, so to speak. And you actually, you spoke a little bit about that and in your talk today. But they, they realize that in order for them to share the faith and give the faith to their children, they first have to have it. Yeah. And so they say, they, they make the decision, I am going to start praying, yeah. which is great. And yeah. then they start praying, which prayer can be arduous, right? Yes, it, it, can be, it can be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you, like, what advice do you give to those who are just starting out to take their prayer life seriously? Yeah, that's a great question, a really good question. And just your insight is absolutely 100% dead on. Is well, one of the, I guess one of the biggest mistakes I, I think people start at the beginning is they bite off more than they can chew. I mean, there's the whole, you know, set yourself up for success, but I think that's true, you know. Mm-hmm. So I deal a lot with freshmen who come in and, and they're at the cult, they see the culture of our campus is one that's prayerful. And they say, well, I'm going to pray an hour every day. And, and that's, that's a great goal to have, right. but it may not be the starting point. So that's one of the things is set yourself up to succeed. Like one of the, this, I, I hope this doesn't sound bad. And it's, I don't want it to sound minimalistic, but I always encourage people to have a minimum. It says, okay, this is something I'm going to do every day. Come mm-hmm. hell or high water, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do every day. And to be able to have that, that little bit of a goal, a structure, an order to it, I think is a good thing. Um, the other is, is, I think it's helpful to have some kind of a structure and outline that you want to do because mm. walking in just kind of blind with no sense of purpose what am i going to do so I, I think especially in the beginning it's good okay i'm going to start in a minute or two to thank god for something i'm going to spend a minute or two of intercession i'm going to spend a minute or two of rep- so repentance those elements now i think as you grow they can become guideposts you know mm. so that i think some people sometimes get caught in that it's like well i have to do this because this is what it means to pray but at the beginning, I think that's probably a good point. Yeah. yeah, and the church in her beauty and wisdom have given us so many different devotionals and, and prayers to, to fit the person according to their state in life. But yeah. it can also be a little, uh, uh, not only intimidating, but a little bit of intoxicating of, oh, I'm going to do this prayer for a little bit. Oh, yeah, now this yeah, prayer. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, now yeah, you're yeah. novena hopping or you're, yeah, yeah. You know, you're doing different things like that. Yeah, what's trending today. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, that's one of the, again, the, the church is so beautiful. Um, my mom and dad uh, prayed evening when they retired. There are seasons in life. This is one of the things that, that I think is important for people to understand, too. Um, yeah, my mom prays different now than she did 40 years ago when she had six teenagers running around the house, right? right. My, my right. mom's morning, and, and when, when my dad, before he passed, was they'd get up in the morning, they'd make a cup of coffee together, they'd pray the divine office, and they would go antiphonally back and forth, and then they would get ready, and they would go to Mass, and this was their morning. It was not their morning 50 years ago. So some people <laughs> would say, you know, I'd like to pray like you do. Well, 
this prayer has seasons as well. And, and, sure. And your prayer is a busy young father or mother yeah. is going to look profoundly different than it will 50 years from now. I remember when I used to be able to just go to mass and just go to, you know, and to not. kids now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it's like, so now when I'm in mass, it's like, stop that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. quiet. <laughs> you know. And then Ma- mass used to be like a very spiritual workout, yeah. and now it's more of a physical workout, yeah, wrangling right, kids right, and right, keeping them right. all, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's the consecration's happening, and I'm threatening. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? right. No, my mom, my mom. I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. My mom would say, because, again, as you, you know, getting kids ready for mass, six kids at the time. She goes, getting ready for mass should not be a near occasion of sin. But oh, it was. Oh, know? my gosh. But it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and the thing is, is that's okay. I mean, that's that's – that's human. That's Catholic. That's the struggle. That's the invitation. So don't, I, I, the number of times, especially moms, honestly, who come to confession and I'll say to them, being a mom is really hard. And they just start crying, right? It's like, it's just hard. So yeah. be patient with yourself. Be patient with It yourself. looks hard. I'll tell you. Yeah. From, from my vantage point, being a mom looks super hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah my vantage point, being married, being <laughs> a parent. Bro, I, I did not choose. I chose the easier portion. Like, seriously, when I go to my room, when I go to my room and I close my door, it's closed. Like, nobody ever comes knocking on my door crying or they're throwing up. It's just... Kids never throw up at convenient times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <no. laughs> and it's like it's like a law of physics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three a.m. Now it's time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Father, let me ask you this. You know, just on this idea of fatherhood, um, I don't know if there's a tendency to romanticize the past. I'm sure that there is, but you know, it just seems like oh, in the 30s, 40s, you know, uh, you know, there was like strong families and like fathers led their, you know, the, like there was a strong fatherhood, and it just seems to me. And I think there's a, plenty of stats that bear this out that it's the, the lack of fatherhood is the cause of all of these, all of these problems in the world. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, dropping out of school yeah. or ending up in prison. What are the spiritual, like, things that you see that's like, this is a, a symptom, a spiritual symptom of maybe a lack of fatherhood? Oh, oh. First off, you're absolutely right. I mean, Augustine famously said, you know, those are people who long for the past didn't live in the past. So there's always been trouble. But I think that there is particularly something about fatherhood right now is is that we have an, a, a, a frontal, intentional attack about the breakdown of man, of male, of maleness. I mean, yeah, of maleness. And then in his relationship with that as father. So what are some of the... I mean, we were just talking about it at lunch. There's not a sense of an attachment. I mean, young people don't feel like they're attached to, to anything. And that, that attachment originally starts mm. with your mother and your father. But because that there's, if there's no attachment, you can ask the question, am I male or female? Because you can't even attach to that. So that we find individuals with no sense of healthy, healthy attachments. And that causes anxiety, it causes stress, it causes confusion. Um, it causes what, what we're wrestling with is an individual can't even identify is themselves as male or female because those fundamental attachments haven't been there. Um, fear. All the, all the isms. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Father, what, what can we have everybody pray for for you? Well, I always pray uh, when, when people ask that is for discernment, is, is that I think really so much of, of, of the spiritual life, but maybe just my life and, and where I am now at the university is 
Like I get a thousand emails a week saying you should do this, right? Right. Like all kinds of great ideas. Yep. But all I want ultimately is I want to do what Jesus says. You know, I, I joked that in my tombstone, if, if it just said he said yes, you know, I just want to do what Jesus says. Um, so, yeah, pray for discernment. Pray for our students. Yeah, pray. I, can we mention David? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. He's been I, on our show. Yeah, so, yeah. David uh, was with just David Van Bickle's wife. Amber just yeah. passed away. I was just with David. And so keep them in your prayers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, awesome. And how can they find your books? Or Amazon, I Amazon. suppose. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's that's a kind of a mute question nowadays because it's basically you get in Amazon. the car and you drive to Steubenville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I haven't been to the bookstore in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I should have brought some. I wasn't thinking. Well, no Father, way. it's uh, been a, a blessing to have you here in Oklahoma. It's a blessing for, to have you here. There's a thousand men here today, so it's this been, is fantastic. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's, it really has. It was very edifying. Um, I also appreciated the age difference. You mm-hmm. know, you've, there's a lot of. Younger, sometimes events like this are a little bit tender, a little older. A little, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really nice. It's really yeah. nice. Well, we had uh, fathers and sons stand up together. Uh, oh, cool. I think it was I think it was before your talk, okay. and it seemed like a quarter of the room stood up. Oh, I think it was more. It was at least a quarter. Yeah, I mean, I was being you know you get excited, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, think right. everything looks a little bit bigger, but it seemed that way. Yeah. So anyway, Father, thanks so much for your time. My I pleasure. appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. Cheers. Great.